Welcome to Breakthrough to Impact Podcast. My name is Dr. Mike Montes, and this podcast is crafted to help everyday entrepreneurs break through to a successful life. This week is special. We're actually not going to be talking about a topic as much as an idea, as a concept. I'm going to share some stories with you. Guys, these stories are meant to help you to think about your own life. Get ready. Here we go. All right, guys, so we are going to change the way that normally um, I'm delivering content to you. Today, we're going to be just telling a little bit of stories, okay? Now, some of these stories that I'm going to share with you guys, they're all from my past, and and I really want to spend the time to share them with you because uh, they mean so much to me. Now, you guys know I'm big on on tribe. I'm big on community. I'm, I'm really big on, on relationship on people. And, you know, there are some, there are some relationships that I have, guys, that go without saying. These, the, these relationships are, you know, my wife and my kids and my parents and my in-laws and, and you know, family, you know, close family, close friends, uh, Mr. Rathkaikala, Mr. Casey Webb, um, you know, Mr. James Williams, people that, that, that have always been there or who have been there more recently, who, who I love and who I appreciate. And this is not to demean or belittle those relationships because, because they're, they're wonderful, you know, and, and you guys, if you know me even a little bit, you know how much I gush about my wife, right? She is the most phenomenal, phenomenal person I've ever met in my entire life. But putting them aside for a moment, I do want to share some, some kind of, um, some things about my life that I think hopefully can, can, can draw, you can draw some strength from. Okay. So the very first person I want to share now, I, I give you a little bit of background. Maybe you can tell by my last name, but I am Hispanic. Uh, my parents are both from, uh, you know, uh, from Mexico. You know, ancestrally, like my my dad is was I think was born in in California. My mom, you know, here in the in the states from Texas. But there we all have you know a lineage of uh, mostly Hispanic. I did find out that my dad's like one percent Asian. He had some guy with the last name pink in his lineage so i guess i'm i'm a little bit asian too but mostly mostly hispanic and i grew up in a part of uh of, of dallas fort worth of texas uh that was really more of uh, caucasian um numbers right the statistics the the area is mostly mostly white people okay so i grew up the only hispanic and and, and i i didn't think i had an accent when i was a kid but i I've, i actually have uh, stumbled upon uh, one, once upon a time, not too long ago, I stumbled upon a, a VHS. For those of you who are not old enough to know what those are, they're like, they're like uh, giant um, uh, iPhones that you store just a movie on. You can't use them to call anything, uh, but you you put a movie on there and you put it in this thing called a VHS player. And and uh, and and when you're done with it, you you be kind and you rewind and and you get to watch the video over and over again. It takes a little while to get back to the beginning, but. But that's that's the way that works. And so I was watching one of these, and um, and I saw myself, little fourth grade Mike, and I had a I had a pretty thick accent, and I thought, oh my goodness, I don't don't remember having that. So in fourth grade, I'd moved to a new area. Um, we, my my mom was a lawyer, and so she got a new job. And I assume I I, you know, I really don't know the the you know their financial standing at that point, but it seemed like uh, they, she got some sort of raise. My dad was in in school to finish chiropractic college, and and, uh, and, and, you know, we're in this new, new, brand new neighborhood, a nice part of town. And I mean, we didn't have like this massive mansion of a house or anything, but we had, a, it was compared to the apartment that we had come out of was a lot nicer. 
And so I go to school, and I've, 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 this this particular school I went to was called El, uh, Sherrod Elementary. So I went to Sherrod and and, uh, and go Sharks for those of you who are listening. So I went to I went to Sherrod and I I got through fourth grade and fifth grade, and and then got into sixth grade. And I had this teacher. Now this was her second year teaching. I remember because everyone was in fifth grade was all talking about this new teacher that had come on the scene and. You know, I'm, I'm sure most of the guys were, you know, uh, ooing and awing because she was, you know, as far as teachers go, she was probably, uh, probably one of the youngest ones, right? So you can you can imagine what fifth grade boys are yapping about. And so we get the the uh, I get into sixth grade and and I find out I'm going to have this teacher, and I'm really excited because everyone talked about how nice she was. Everyone talked about it was awesome to be in her class. You didn't want you either want to be in her class. Or Miss Phelps's class. Why I remember Miss Phelps, I never talked to her a day in my life, but I remembered that she was in the in the little area next to us, and she really liked pigs. That was her thing, right? So I had this teacher at the time. Her name was Mrs. Downing. Um, she she then after sixth grade got married, uh, but she was she was Mrs. Downing to me, and I, I'm this Hispanic kid in a in a sea of mostly white people and. Uh, maybe there's a couple of uh, black guys. Uh, I think there was maybe two or three, but I'm really the only Hispanic guy. Now, I do think later on at some point I had one other guy that came in uh, who was a, a good friend of mine and still still friends to this day, LJ. But but yeah, I'm trying to paint this picture that like I was really, I felt very alienated in the school that I was in. Nobody was overly mean to me because of, I mean, more, not, not more than any other kids, I guess, or maybe they were, and I just didn't realize it. Who knows? But, but Mrs. Downing was just this person who took this special interest in me. So my mom being an attorney, um, you know, she, she, we had some, some things to, to do. We got to go to a political event. My mom took me out of school to go to this event and my mom's law firm uh, would would advertise in the back of the TV guide, and and Mrs. Downing would 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 cut out the you know the the advertisement that I had you know where my mom was in the you know my mom's name or my last name was was in in the in the little book that she had right, but she always like went out of her way. Now I was not the model student. Um, I for for certain I missed a lot of sixth grade. I was always sick, or probably just you know faking sick. I just don't want to be at school because I feel I felt alien. But this this lady, she she just she always poured into me. I always felt when I walked into her class, I felt special. Now I'm sure everyone else felt special too. And she she didn't single me out. Um, I don't think she was just that way with everyone. But but I felt it right. And I had been going to the school since fourth grade, and and really in the the school prior wasn't too far away from where I, where I was. Um, was still in the same part of North Arlington. But I never had a teacher that really made me feel that way, you know, either like I was very special. But this this teacher just was just phenomenal. Now, I tell you all that to tell you this. The, the, the impact that she had in my life, okay, for only a year, um, and I think maybe I went back to uh, when in seventh grade, I went back and, and visited her after school or something, me and a couple friends just to say hi. Um, it was you know right in my neighborhood, so really easy to really easy to do that. But I I just I felt like I felt like Mrs. Downing was so valuable because she was so willing to pour into me. She was so willing to allow me to feel 
special allow me to feel like I was something more than I saw myself. I saw myself as this alienated kid that, you know, didn't really necessarily fit in. I wasn't a popular kid. I wasn't, you know, the most liked or whatever. But but when I was in her class, I felt like I was appreciated, like I belonged. I felt like I belonged. Okay. Now, in the world of politics and a world of you know all sorts of craziness that's going out there, um, you you I don't have to bring it up. You guys know. I think I think what what a lot of entrepreneurs go through is this feeling of isolation. The way that I felt when I was in sixth grade, where I felt I mean I was surrounded by people. I had friends. My across the street neighbor was my friend. I had a, a, you know, I had friends, but I still felt alone. But then I got into her class and I felt like I was paid attention to. And and this was was really, you know, looking back into um back into my history, back into my past, this is the first time that I felt like I belonged somewhere outside of my family. Right? I had my family was great. They were loving people. All that was wonderful. But this is the first time I felt like, wow, like this is what it's like to have somebody who cares for you, who's cheering for you, who wants to see you succeed. Now, since then, Mrs. Downing is now, uh, you know, some, I don't know if I should say her, maybe I won't say her name, but Mrs. M, we'll call her Mrs. M, she is now um, my friend on Facebook. And when I post things, when I got, uh, when I, when I, when I make these milestones in my life, she's not always the first person, but she's there. She's still to this day, she still acknowledges me. She still cheers me on. When my daughter was going to, um, going on a missions trip, Mrs. Downing uh, donated, right? We'll call her Mrs. Well, Mrs. M. So Mrs. M donated to me, uh, not to me, to my daughter. She donated. She gave, but but to me, it was much as I mean, she might, may as well have been giving me that money, right? She, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a million dollars here. I mean, she, she, it was, it was, and it didn't matter. She could have given me my, or my daughter a dollar. The fact that she's still, all till this day, still in and surrounding my life. I've seen her, you know, we've run into each other at the Chipotle in, in you know, in, in town, which was uh, not a town she lived in, not a town I lived in. We just happened to, uh, I happened to see her and, and it just, it just it warms my heart. It warms my heart that somebody would pour into me and teach me about, uh, about having community, about having tribe so early in my life. Now, guys, not everyone had an amazing sixth grade teacher. Some people had really horrible experiences with all the way through school. Others had loved, probably loved every teacher, right? If you talk to my daughter, it's like my daughter loved every teacher and every teacher loved her, right? I mean, everybody loves her. If, if, if you don't, something's wrong with you, I'm sure, right? So, but that wasn't my personality. Now, I'm, I'm telling you again, telling you this story because I want you to understand where we, where we start to develop and understand who we are, um, it's at a young age, right? You guys have read books on it. If you haven't, they're out there that tell you, that the studies that tell you, and, and, and all, the, all the information that points towards the idea of who we become who we are going to be in life. We, we, we form our ideas. We form our thoughts about who we are and what we're about as youth. So as an entrepreneur, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling all these things, maybe you can look back towards the future or back towards the past of your life, right? And you can say, at what point was was there was was I not tended to? At what point in my life did I not uh, feel 
uh, loved? Did I not feel um, like like I was important, right? And I think that if we can we can identify what those those moments are, and we can go back and say, okay, there's nothing I can do to change that, right? If I had a, a I had a horrible fourth grade teacher, I can't well I remember her name, but I won't say it. So. I, she was horrible. I did not like her at all. We did not get along. Um, I had a, a, a atrocious 11th grade speech teacher. I remember him. We did not get along at all, and it was probably my fault. Uh, I was a bit of a, of a deviant back then. So, so, but but just there's these these people that in our lives that that really pull away from us or really um, help to solidify the negative things about us in our lives, right? The things that we think. But then there are these moments where we get to to identify these people who really do pour a tremendous amount of value into us. So then what since we can't change the past, what can we do about now? And what can we do about the future? Right? There was there was a moment when Mrs. Mrs. M, or we'll call Mrs. Downing back in the day, when she when she decided I want to be a teacher and she went out and she, she went to school and she, you know, did whatever they got to do to, to get certified and did her training, did her, you know, all that stuff. And she decided to go to this one school where she would have this one impact on this one person. Now I'm sure she had thousands of impacts with, of course, all the kids that she's dealt with in her life, but she had an impact on me and it, it literally changed how I saw myself. I went into seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, feeling alienated, but feeling like, you know what, there are some teachers that are good, some teachers that will appreciate who I am. And and guess what? Along the way, I found them. Another teacher that was phenomenal, and um, again, I've had opportunities to to see and see this person after um, after I, I uh, you know was was in their school. His name was uh, Mr. McGinnis. So Mr. McGinnis was my uh, band teacher in the seventh grade, seventh and eighth grade, um, and and that, he was he was the good band teacher. I had one in high school that didn't like me. Uh, again, that was during my deviant years, and so uh, he probably had good reason to not like me. But he, but my 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 uh, Mr. McGinnis, my my uh, seventh and eighth grade. He just he just did things for us as as kids that poured in so much value. Um, when we when we did we we had some big contest which I don't know if I was a part of or not, but I got to watch the after effect where we if we did something good, he he agreed to um, shave his head. So he had a nice thick, you know, big mullet. I don't know, it was a mullet. It was a big, you know, nice mame, right? Like he just, he just really, um, he, he had nice hair and he was willing to shave it all off and go bald if we would work hard to, to accomplish this goal. And I'm just, I think, man, what would my life be like if I didn't have uh, the, the Mrs. Downings or the, the Mr. McGinnis's? Um, uh, what would my life be like? Would I have been successful? I mean, I, I like I said, I come from great parents, a great family. I have a great wife who have done have done beyond uh, whatever I could have ever thought of possible for me. So I, I don't want to belittle what they did, but there are these there are these moments where I could have lived my life. I mean, we're going to school eight hours a day. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, damage that could have been done. 
but I had these teachers, another one who um, actually, she, she's passed now. Um, she died a few years ago, but Mrs. Hightower, that woman was just phenomenal. Mr. Sinalotak, this one, now I know I'm going into just all these, these school figures, and for me, it's just this, this part of my life where, again, where, you know, I felt, always felt alienated, but I, but I had these, if I look back, I had these, these shining beacons of light, of hope, all along the way saying, you know, Mike, it's going to be okay. You're going to be something good. You're going to do something good in the world. You're going to you're going to be somebody. Mrs. Downing, I can remember, just always encouraging me that I was going to. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe I just dreamt it, but I just felt like she just always thought so highly of me. And I I was like, why in the world? I'm not even that good of a student. Like, why does she think so highly of me, Mr. McGinnis? You know, he he thought so highly of me. Now I'm sure he he you know he all I was beginning to be a deviant, so he had had his problems with me. But he was so kind, right? Mrs. Hightower was so kind. I've had so many wonderful influences in my life. So here is where the challenge is, okay? You're listening to this. Hopefully, you know, hopefully you can, it gives you a little insight into my, my uh, you know, my background. But here's, here's the challenge. We're now all adults, right? If you're listening to this, you're probably an entrepreneur. You're probably an adult. You're not a teacher. You're not a uh, band director. You're not. You're not uh, working in the school system. You're an entrepreneur, but you have an opportunity, and you have an obligation to love your fellow man, to to create beacons of light, of hope, of encouragement in people around you. It doesn't take much. Right. Sometimes some people, especially when they're feeling like an island, some people are just hoping that someone will say, hey, do you want to go to lunch? Hey, do you want to do you can I can I talk to you about your business? Can I pour something into you? Can I give you some insight? It doesn't take much. It's it's you can do it for free. You can be an encouragement to somebody. Now, you can also choose to be by yourself. You can also choose to live in fear and to not engage with people because you have some excuse that you're a, or you're an introvert or you're um, you're not good enough or you don't have anything to give and, and you can use those excuses and that's fine if you do. Uh, it's sad because it's not true, but it's fine if if you do. But what you're going to see is the result of that, right? The the fruit that comes from planting those kinds of seeds in your life is going to be exactly what I tell you not to do, which is you're going to feel like an island. You're going to feel like you're alone. You're going to feel like your business isn't succeeding. If you guys listened to last week's podcast, I talked about how if you're feeling like you're stuck how, and you're feeling like your business is a failure, how do you get unstuck? Well, you know, it, it, it revolves around a lot of going back to where you started, right? Going back and looking at where you came from. And it, and it, it really involves getting some people involved, right? Having that tribe, having that community. So guys, I just, you know, I've got this planned list of podcasts to do, and I'm really excited all about all of it. But as I was going through and just thinking, you know, where I, where I am today, right? My, my son was, was telling me, asking me to get him Chipotle tonight. And, you know, he's like, he's like, come on, you know, you know, uh, please get it for me. I said, well, you, you pay for it. He said, well, no, you pay for it. 
And it's like, well, I don't have any money. He says, yes, you do. You have money. And I say, I said, no, I, I don't have any money. He says, we live in an X amount of dollar house. Of course you have money. And, you know, the reality is he's he's uh, 13, so he sees things a little different than, than I do. But his perspective is that, you know, you know, you have all of this. Of course you can just go buy Chipotle. And the reality is, is that, you know, my life could have gone very different. I've got friends who grew up in the same neighborhood, who had the same chances as I did. Uh, maybe a little different story, maybe a little bit of different inputs, but for the most part, we, we grew up together. Now, their lives ended, or, or not ended, but are today in a lot different place than my life is. And I very easily could have been there. It's not because of anything that I know. It's not because of anything that I, um, you know, that I, I did or, or didn't do, right? Because I did some things that I probably uh, should have gotten caught for, right? But the reality is, is that I am, I am here because of those beacons of light, because of those people along the way who played a part in my story, who are willing to step out and who are willing to love me whether it was just a, a momentary uh, input of kindness, of, of, of selfless, selflessness that they wanted to share with me, whether it was a year long of encouraging me, of, of, or maybe just not, not coming down on me like I deserved, because there was, there was those moments. If uh, Mr. McGinnis is listening to this, I'm sure there are plenty of moments where, oh gosh, that guy Mike, you know, he's going he's gonna to be trouble, right? Um, I, I, guys, I'm, I'm not proud of, of the things that I've done and I, and I chuckle now, but, uh, you know, I, I could have gotten in trouble for so many things and I could have been in such a different place in my life, but I had those people. Uh, one, one guy I want to say that's more recent is a guy, his, his name is Onyx and Gall. He, um, he took interest in me when he didn't have to, uh, but he, he, you know, he called me out of a crowd because of a moment that I shared that was extremely vulnerable in full about in full of a, a room full of about a hundred people, and um, he didn't have to. He encouraged me to now to today. I'm actually doing what he encouraged me to do. Right, things that he equi- he equipped me to do. Um, you know, other guys, uh, a guy that works with him, Jeremy Bellotti. Uh, as another example, you know, some things, some things people uh, pour into you are awesome. And then there's those one little things. He said one thing to me um, one time that changed my perspective about so much. Guys, there, there, are, there are the people that are listening to this. Um, I don't have a massive audience. I don't have thousands of people that listen to me. I, I don't. Um, I don't know that I want them, right? I just, that sounds like a lot, right? I don't want that. But those of you who are listening to me, those of you who, who know me and who are hearing the sound of my voice, you know that you have 10 times the ability I have. You know that you have this unique gift that I don't possess, where you can take that gift out into the world and you can, you can be a light to somebody else who's struggling. Somebody else who I, I've got a, a dear friend. I won't I won't call her out, but she's a dear friend and a and a client of mine, and she's had a rough few months. And she has, she has, not once, not once has she ceased to amaze me. Not one time, she comes with such light and energy and joy and 
and peace. She knows who her father is. She knows who she is. And despite all of the adversity, she's smiling. She's giggling. She's, she's just phenomenal. She, I'm coaching her. She's pouring more into me than I could ever give to her. Ever. I could ever give to her. And guys, you have that moment. You have that ability. You have those moments in your life that you can choose to, to stay silent. You can choose to hide your light or you can choose to step out. You can choose to be an encouragement to somebody else. And it doesn't take much. And it is it, it means a world. I, I was uh, in sixth grade more than 10 years ago. Uh, I'm 39 now, so it was a long time ago. And I can remember what I can remember where Mrs. Downing's um, desk was. I can remember things that were on her bulletin boards. I remember where her bulletin boards were. I remember where she sat me. I remember the things that she said to me. I remember her, um, you know, being so proud of me and, and showing me uh, clippings that she had. I remember her just being kind. And I was in sixth grade, guys. Those those kind moments will will and can last a lifetime for some people. Uh, I'm gonna tell one 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 more story. I'm gonna share with you guys, um, and and I'm gonna do it because um, I saved the best for last. My uh, my wife was um, if you guys haven't heard the story, my wife was. Um, well, you know, we, we were pregnant. Uh, she was pregnant. I was, um, uh, you know, I was kind of responsible for that, but, uh, she, she, she and I were pregnant. I don't know how to say it. So she was, she was pregnant and we were, uh, this was almost, uh, well, the, two years ago she was pregnant and we've got a, a little guy. His name is Isaiah. He's the sweetest, um, sweetest little kid on, on this planet. He is just as funny as can be. He's like a spitting image of his, uh, older brother, Elliot, uh, we actually looked at pictures uh, just the other day, and couldn't I could not tell that one photo who who it was, right? Other than the age of the photo, they looked the exact same. Just an absolute joy. Well, um, my wife and ended up um, having some complications during the the uh, childbearing process. We were going to go through a um, uh, midwife, and instead. Uh, had to get sent to the hospital um, because there was issues, and then it went from from issues in just a room to giving her some medicine to hey we're gonna have to uh, do a C section to hey you're you're you need to get out of the room your wife is losing blood seeing her on the table um, she lost eighty eight percent of her blood it was it was it was so difficult it was so 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 difficult for me. Now it was in the right in the beginning of COVID, and um, you know the the way it happened was, uh, you know, we got out of surgery. I had to take all the stuff down from the operating areas down to the room we'd be staying in on the nursery um, area, uh, labor and delivery uh, side. So we got situated in the room. They brought me Isaiah. I was spending some time with Isaiah until um, I could go up and see my wife to see Tabby, and uh, I go up to see Tabby. And this is on the um, on the ER, uh, the the emergency room floor, or no, not the emergency room. It's called uh, um, I don't know, critical care, whatever it is. So I get up there and and I see her for just a little bit. It's like eight forty five when I get up there, and visiting hours are over at nine. So I only got about fifteen minutes with her, 
and um, and really when, when I'm uncomfortable, I joke uh, in, in probably inappropriate joking, but I'm just kind of joking and, and I'm, 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 I'm crying on the inside. I'm smiling on the outside. I, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified and, and in love with this woman all at the same time. And I have all the emotions and all the things. And they say, okay, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta leave. It's visiting hours are over. So I'm, I'm talking to the nurse outside this, outside the room. And, uh, she says, I'm sorry, Mr. Montes, but you're going to have to go, you have to leave the hospital because of COVID. We can't, can't have you, um, here. We can't, you, you have to leave. I was like, okay. So, you know, um, I, I had to get my, my stuff. She came and brought me my bag to had my keys in it. And so I'm sitting down in the, the waiting room of the hospital at the very entrance. I can't go past because of COVID rules. My dad had met me down there because I hadn't eaten all day. Um, well, not since the day, I think the day before or something I hadn't, hadn't eaten. Um, and so he, he's meeting me with some, some food and they said, yep, for sure. You're, we're going to have to ask you to leave. You can come back at six in the morning. Um, which, which I think by that point was probably like, uh, I think it was getting close to like 11 or something at night. Um, the hours, maybe it was 10. I, I don't know. Some, sometime around it was, it was late. It was dark. So I'm heading home and, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm going through like the Rolodex in my mind of who I'm going to speak to, who am I going to talk to? Who, who should I reach out to? Um, as I need to talk to somebody and the guy that, that popped in my brain was, um, he's a neighbor. He, he lives down, down the street from me, but he's an ex business partner of mine. And, um, I love him to death. He's, he's, he's an awesome individual, uh, wonderful human being. His name is Josh Tate. And, um, and I, you know, I, I called him up and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm pretty sure I cried like a baby. Uh, but I said, you know, Josh, I said, if I said, I thought of everyone that I could talk to everyone that I could call and I needed somebody who had, who would have faith with me. And, um, I, I don't remember because I was, again, extremely distraught driving home, but I just remember feeling um, peace and feeling like, you know what, he he wasn't overreacting. He was just, you know, apologetic. I'm sorry. We're praying for you. We're here for you. Um, him and his, his wife, Misty, who are just phenomenal people, they um, I, I knew that they would pray for me and pray with me um, and continue to pray for me as I hung up the phone and tried to, to figure out how in the world to to, um, you know, collect my thoughts. But let me tell you, if I didn't have Josh to call, if I didn't have that one beacon of light in that really one of the darkest moments of my entire life, I don't, I don't know what that night would have been like. It would have been, uh, tremendously, tremendously, um, scary. But instead he was able to, you know, add that little bit of light. And then I was able to get on Facebook and do a Facebook Live and and uh, and have more people, uh, lots lots more people pray for me and for my wife. And guys, this, I, I mean I, I can't I, I I couldn't even trade all the money I have, all the everything I have. There's for an an equal a fraction of the value that was given to me on that night by those people who are willing to step up, who are willing to love me when I was broken and love me when I was, when I was hurting. 
Guys, this is what entrepreneurship is about. It's not about the sale. It's not about the enrollment. It's not about the the thing, the product that you've got and all the great widgets and all the all that's nice. But at the end of the day, if you're not about people, at the end of the day, if if you're not about helping others to stop being an island, if you're not about building community and building tribe, guys, what are we doing? There are so many broken, hurting, hurting people right now because of that thing we're not supposed to say and out, you know, on recording because we get banned and stuff. There's so many broken people, so many broken people. And you, you can reach somebody I can't. You can talk to somebody I can't. Now, if you'll introduce them to me, I will talk to them if you want me to, because I like that. But if not, then you talk to them. For goodness sakes, help the people around you. Love on the people around you. If I can, if, if you get, if you get no other podcast and you start looking at people and you start looking at your past and look at those stories of those people that were there, they don't have to be big. They don't have to be life-changing moments. They, they can be little. They're all as important as the next because they all added a bit of light to you that you needed when you were in a dark place. Now, guys, the last thing I want to say to you is, listen, if you've lived your entire life and you've never had anyone who would be willing to just be there for you and encourage you, then write me, email me, um, text me, uh, get on, on here. Wherever you are seeing this or listening to this, please connect with me. Go to the tribemaker.com and say, Mike, I need somebody to help me. Because I've got myself and I've got a, an army of amazing individuals who will and are willing to accept you and love on you and, and be a part of your journey. Okay, So that is it for this episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with me, for allowing me the opportunity to, um, to get a little bit personal with you. I cannot wait to see you guys on the next Uh, podcast the next episode it's going to be good we're going to get back to uh, business as usual and i am going to be doing some uh some interviews coming up i'm going to be having some special uh special podcasts like this so um this won't be aired on a regular monday i won't steal or take away from uh, that schedule but i just i just this was heavy on me and i had to get it out so i love you guys you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day bye for now